The reason people aren't financially free is they don't know what to do and they don't know where to start. I want you to join Joey and I at the Virtual Inner Circle Live April the 4th through the 6th as we share with you the exact answers to those questions. We only do this event one time per year. I don't want you to miss out. Go to westwatwallstreet.com forward slash live and enter promo code podcast. When you're at this event, you're going to get your investor DNA. You're going to get access to up to six different passive income strategies. So you know, leaving this event, exactly what to do, taking our decades of knowledge so that you can start becoming financially free. Go to wealthwhitewallstreet.com forward slash live and enter the promo code podcast. Russ, I was just having coffee with one of our inner circle members. Uh, the, the topic of the conversation was he had just taken out his first loan. He wanted to walk through some scenarios. And what was really great is out of that conversation, it morphed into, okay, well now I've got my, one of my first passive income deals. What do I do next? Like, I'm, I'm not really sure what's even out there. And through that. So you said loans, like what type of loan specifically? It was his first policy loan. So oh. we've gone and set up the infinite banking concept, which again was an introduction from a group he was at before, which led to him being introduced in IBC which led to him getting to know us. And so now he's utilizing his infinite banking concept to go do a deal, which is so cool that he found on his own and he shared it all with me. But then he had some questions about, you know, the actual utilization, the payback structure and, and some of the rules and, and the opportunities and flexibility he has. And from that conversation, he realized he wanted to do more, but he didn't quite know where he could source more capital. <laughs> That's the, the, the million dollar question, right? Like once we start getting excited about this is where am I going to get more money? Yep. And just in that conversation, right? Just by chance of him reaching out and saying, Hey, I, I want to talk about this deal, this loan that led to us saying, well, where is your wealth really residing? What are some other opportunities, some places where it's hiding from you in plain sight? And oh, by the way, there's this other group too where you can be exposed to even more ideas. And so I just those those random conversations that you you really go in just eyes wide open, hey, just kind of, you know, tell me what's happening and you never know where the rabbit trail is going to lead. Well, it's interesting today's topic is how did I learn about the infinite banking concept, right? And it, there's there's these events that happen in our life that are always there for a reason and we talked about this on the podcast that there's a difference between when we heard about something and when we learned about something, right? And hearing about the infinite banking concept, hearing about passive income, hearing about where is the best place for wealth to reside? Is it in our houses, right? Is it in the stock market? Is it in places that we can touch or not touch? And once we start learning about that, we start surrounding ourselves with other inner circle members or even in our passive income mastermind, we start seeing where people are truly having success. And I think that that's the difference, right? Like we were on a call yesterday and, and somebody mentioned um, a quote by Robert Kiyosaki. I thought it was really funny because he, you know, most of America's right now wealth resides in the stock market. True? True. And specifically, in what what area of the stock market? Mutual, mutual funds. funds. Yeah, mutual funds. Robert Kiyosaki has a great quote about this. Uh, he, he said, they've never been mutual in nature. They've always been one-sided <laughs> against the consumer. 
right? <laughs> and so much wealth has been put into those areas for the benefit of others. And today's podcast and all the podcasts we're doing are focused on how to become financially free, which is having more passive income than monthly expenses. And a lot of times that journey starts where the infinite banking concept is learned. So Mark, I know you and I and uh, Ernie had a good chance to, to talk on this podcast. Thank you for joining me here on the intro. We don't have the stallion today, but as always, we want you to see how this might be a part of your first domino to getting you to passive income. So Mark, let's pull up our chairs and belly up. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome into the Financial Freedom Roundtable, where each week we break down complex financial topics so that you can more easily understand them, and more importantly, take action on your path to becoming financially free. This is your first time in the room. Grateful to have you. I'm Russ Morgan. They call me the idea guy, mostly because of lack of father guy just didn't sound so cool. But enough about me. Let me introduce to you my co-host today. I am blessed to be here with the two best coaches in the infinite banking space, the Financial Freedom Roundtable. To my left, the man I like to refer to as the true Sherlock Holmes of our day. No problem too difficult to solve. If I would have only known him earlier, said everybody I'd be so much richer, Mr. Downtown Ernie Brown. I see Ern. Oh, nice to be seen, Russ. Glad to I'm be here. I'm grateful to have you. Grateful to have you here hey, co-hosting wow. with me today. I'm just glad that I haven't gotten kicked off this podcast. <laughs> oh, wait, that already happened. <laughs> when did that happen? What are you talking about? That happened about four, three, four years ago. Oh, it did happen. Yep. But I mean, we brought you back, man. It just was reflecting on look how far we've come. Yeah. It was like, man, we, we are missing the best part of this podcast, <laughs> Downtown Ernie Brown. Yeah. And, and by the way, you've yeah. never been off the podcast. You have been a solid part of it hey. since 2018-ish, right? When you started doing the intro for us. That's right. That's right. Playing right, my well, role. Hey, today's topic is how did I learn about the infinite banking concept? So why is this important for you to talk about today, Aaron? Uh, two, thing, two things come to mind. Number one, uh, I think it's, it's, it's good for me to remember back to when I first heard about infinite banking, the first time that that happened and, and what it was like just before that time. And then second, just to think through, I think, and I think we'll do this today as the person listening to this is, has certainly heard about this concept on this podcast before and is growing into it what, it, what it looks like to be encountering others who are hearing this for the first time. Mm. I love that. Right, I'm looking forward to breaking that down. Our other co-host to our right, our retiree of the group, Mr. Catch Me If You Can, when he's not killing bears with his bare hands, or slaying tuna. 
He's right here dropping gold nuggets. The one and only Mark Carguchi. Welcome, Mark. Good morning. Because it actually still is morning for me. So this is a, this is a nice way to come back off of my little mini vacation. You know, right into a podcast and just, you know, getting it out there. Spread, spreading the good word, if you will. Yeah, I heard you're an interior decorator these days. Uh, I am not, but apparently I am uh, marrying one. Uh, because I don't know how to 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 decorate the inside of a house, and you know what? I agree. I was like, "Go for it! Whatever you want to do, it's a it's it's a blank canvas, and just help help yourself." Literally, blank canvas. Yeah. The only the only thing better than decorating your house the first time is decorating it the second time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then politely being told, hmm, "Maybe that doesn't go." I'm like, "No, it it went." But apparently it's now going. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, why is today's topic important for you, Mark? Today's topic is important for me. This, you know, how did I learn about the infinite banking? I I think one of the things that gets lost in there is sometimes it's really cool to hear how the evolution came about. And what it comes down to, in my opinion, is sharing is caring. You know, and a lot of times we we can feel like we, we get into this thing of, you know, I have a secret and sometimes we don't want to share certain things for whatever reason, right? Maybe we're, we're afraid it's not going to be received the right way. Maybe we're worried that, you know, there's going to be some, some blowback or some pushback in some areas. Um, but I think a lot of the things we're going to talk about today, it's going to be fascinating to see, you know, how did the actual idea come out because it didn't start out as a pitch for IBC. It started with a different conversation and a different question. And if we follow the, 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 the breadcrumbs, we'll eventually get to something because ultimately we're talking about solving problems and, and we all want to help each other. Well, I mean, I, I get the point where you're sometimes when you're talking about infinite banking, you get a little bit like, uh, is this going to come off as, and I, I don't want to offend anybody out there, but it's like a flat earther, right? And I mean, <laughs> our, our friend Dave Matthews says, isn't it crazy? I'm thinking just knowing that the world is round and here I am dancing on the ground. And I've, I've shared that with some, some other people and they're like, Oh, wait a second. You're one of those like globists, you know, you think the world's round. I get it. Like you got to be careful when you're sharing information with people that they, they may not have the same belief systems with you. And depending on what their financial background is, what their financial podcast that they listen to, maybe the concept of using dividend paying whole life insurance comes across as a little bit crazy, if you will. So, Earn, tell me if we're going to break down today's topic, I think there, there's three ways we can go about this. First is when did I hear about it? But when did I really learn about it? Because I think that there's a, a big difference there between hearing about it and learning about it. From your perspective, what's the big difference? Uh, about six months for me. Explain. In 2016, when I moved to Birmingham and you gave me the Becoming Your Own Banker book, which I read over the course of a week and understood very little about, uh, that's when I learned about it. And it took about six months of maybe I asked a couple questions, you know, maybe one or two just about this idea to you over that course of time to where I really found a solve for this in my world and started working towards it. 
to where I, I had learned that this has bearing in my life. About right, because there's this hearing phase, right? Many of us have heard things and we're like, wait a second, if that sounds familiar. And then all of a sudden there was a time, a season where we find an application for it. We find a way to implement it. Mark, did you have that kind of experience where maybe you had heard about the idea of infinite banking somewhere between the time in which you really learned about it? I had heard a version of it. Uh, and then, I mean, to, to, to be perfectly honest, um, when did I learn about it? I'm still learning about it. I'm still unpacking every day. And the, the, the more conversations I get to have with people on the phone, you know, our existing clients, our, our incoming clients, people like just out and about and whatnot. And I'm still working through it that I, you know, there, there's, there's a foundational core to it, but it's constantly adding on to it. It's think of like surfing, right? You could hear about surfing. You could then go take lessons, but you're going to constantly learn every day that you're out there. You're going to start to push the envelope. You're going to start to try different things. You're going to figure out ways to be even more efficient in paddling, getting on the wave, managing the energy. And it's, it's just this constant learning and they it, really, to, to be perfectly honest, if we go to Nelson, you know, the, no, no, no truer words than from the guy that wrote the book, we don't want to get into the arrival syndrome. I don't want to have learned it at all because then all of a sudden you, you, you stop seeking more. And so constantly learning about it, using it, and let's face it, things are going to change, right? The world we live in is different today than it was 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago, or even at the start of the weekend before I went on my camping trip, because apparently when I came back 72 hours later, um, wow, the, the market's imploding, which I kind of thought it was before, but apparently it's worse now. So things change. <laughs> things do change fast, right? And it is, it is perspective, right? It's all of our circumstances as we're applying information. I heard it said, one time that there is no such thing as good or bad news, right? It's how well are you prepared? So when things like right now, for instance, if the market is where our wealth is held, if that's where our, our income is coming from and it's going down, then we're not well prepared for the downturn. So then it is bad news because of our situation as compared to someone who has zero money in the market and the market is crashing around you. I wouldn't necessarily call it good news, right? I don't want to relish in people who are having a bad day. But if I'm sitting in a position of cash and the market is going down and there's people that are having to unload assets that they used to think were valuable, but it's not as valuable as maybe feeding themselves, right? Keeping a roof over their head in their current location and they have to unload this secondary lake house that has a, a, a nice super aeronautique that no longer is worth 285,000. And, and there's somebody out there that's willing to pick it up at a major, major discount. That's owner finance. I, like I could be your huckleberry, right? <laughs> that could be a good news situation for me, but it always happens in a relationship to when we hear about things, when we learn about things that the, I think we're distinguishing there that I remember being at a conference in new Orleans, January of 2005. It was, it was, I specifically know about this conference because I was in New Orleans to watch Auburn win the Sugar Bowl. Unfortunately, they didn't win the national championship because they got screwed out of being able to play it. Oklahoma got to play USC and just got clobbered. 
Auburn would have been a much better candidate in that game. I was there and I stayed a couple of extra days and I went to this conference that I knew nothing about. I was new into the financial world. And there's lots of speakers coming across the stage throughout the two, two and a half days I was there. And somebody mentioned something about infinite banking. Little did I know that was Nelson Nash. And I just remember asking somebody next to me, what's that concept? What, what, is, what are they talking about? Do you understand what that is? And they're like, yeah, they're talking about using whole life insurance. And I'm like, I mean, I've been in the industry a total six minutes and I know that's stupid, right? Like who in the world would do that? The only person that would ever, you know, put money in that is maybe my grandmom. And the only person that would sell it is somebody who's not smart enough like me, clearly, who can pass the securities test and be able to sell something so much better, like mutual funds and stocks. And if you want to buy life insurance, buy variable universal life insurance, the market, duh, right? All these things. But that was when I first heard about it. And I show up to that conference every January, 2006, 2007, 2008, all the time going to different cities and states across the U.S. And it was shocking until my circumstances were changed, as we were saying a second ago, September of 2008, and the market was really unraveling. And there I was trying to figure out what was I going to do? How was I going to help my clients? How was I going to look people in the face who I had told previously that, no, everything's going to be good. We need to stay in the market. Just, just ride it out. Like, this is just a blip. And there I am in Orlando, Florida, January 2009. And this man gets up on the stage and, and shares basically the same thing I'd heard him say four or five times before. But my, my ears were open, right? The scales were being cleared from my eyes. And I heard about this idea of how you could stick cash into an instrument that does nothing but grow every single day, does nothing but grow, is not subject to taxation, not subject to creditors. And when you die, which is inevitable, it will leave a multiple to everything you've ever put in there and more. And you could access it at any point in time of the way in order to do the things that you want to do. I thought, now this is brilliant. Why haven't I heard about this before? <laughs> Why haven't I ever been taught this? Well, I wasn't ready. Nelson Nash used to tell us all the time, Ern, you remember he would say, this is a concept that can't be taught. Taught. It had to be taught. Caught. That's right. I wasn't ready for that point. So I, I think, when did I learn about it? I, I started learning about it in 2009. I, I spent about six months as well, Ernie, where I was reading watching videos, traveling the country, meeting with people who were doing this. By the way, I met a lot of people who said they were doing it. And, and I realized when, through just a handful of questions, they, weren't, they didn't understand it because they couldn't explain it to me, even though they were professing to be practitioners of it and sharing it with the, with the big world out there. The other, so that's, I think that's point number one of today's concept. The second part is, what is it that infinite banking does? I feel, I feel like it solves problems for different people. What do you see, Mark, are some of the problems in which IBC solves? There, to me, a lot of the people that, that I've connected with, there is, there, there, there's a growing sense of, I, I just don't feel like what I'm doing is working. I don't feel like I'm getting ahead. I feel like I'm just kind of treading water, spinning my wheels. And so, when we're able to take a look at, well, well, what exactly are you doing and what are you trying to accomplish? And 
I had the scenario of, of trying to save money to then go and purchase uh, long-term real estate, right? Long-term rentals. And so I would save and save and save and then deploy and then save and save and save and then deploy. But all I was doing was just digging my way back to zero. And I was never really getting ahead with the whole scenario. And so when we take a look at that through the lens of actually using the infinite banking concept as a place to save and then have liquidity and go out and do things. And, and anyone who's in real estate has, has heard it at, I don't care how many seminars you go to, they always talk about using other people's money, refi till you die, you know, use the bank's money, use a lender's money, use everyone else's money, but your own. This is a way to save your money and actually use that money as the leverage to borrow the life insurance company's money to then get out there and actually get yourself to the point where you could put literally zero of your dollars into a deal and capture all the benefit along the way. And so now, okay, well, if I can find a way to be even more efficient with my money, save it in one pot and then use it as leverage, borrow someone else's money, go and do deals. Well, why wouldn't I do that? Why wouldn't I get twice as much efficiency out of my dollar as opposed to just a single use? And that's once, once, once we're able to, like, like you guys said, catch that concept, all of a sudden everything starts to look a lot clearer and make a little bit more sense. Russ, I remember my dad specifically say to me, Joey, you gotta go to college. I don't want you to end up like me. And you know what my dad was saying is in order for things to change, things have to change. You can't end up just like me. Well, I think, I mean, we, we, as parents, sometimes we take on the burden thinking about our kids and, and how we want something better for them. And we want to know what will their future look like if I don't take action, if I don't do something different. See, in my house, I'm the role model. You're your kid's role model. And the buck stops with you. It's time to take action. If you're ready to take action, join us at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport and get started on your own journey to financial freedom. All right, let's jump back into this episode. Well, I mean, that to me is the, the tie-in to point number one is when did I start to, when did I hear about it? And then when did I learn about it? It ultimately was came from that example. What problem was it solving? And it, it was solving a couple of problems for me at the time. One, it was solving a place to stick cash, right? Because there were so many people. Right now, the people who are fleeing the market are going to where? cash. They're going to cash and they will sit there and debate to the ones that are in cash. I would say that there's a handful of people are in cash. The majority of people are deciding between the red pill and the green pill, like uh, sell at a loss or hold it till it goes to zero, right? Like that's, that's the, the meme on Facebook right now. And it's so true, right? They're sitting there just going, which button do I push? Because they, they are in fear and they're panicked and they don't know what to do. Some are taking money out. They're just, okay, the market is washing out. I'm just, I'm not going to ride it to, to 20,000 on the Dow. I'm going to get out now at 30. Whether that's a good decision or not, I don't know. But what are they going to do? They're going to sit in cash because the, the deal with the market is that you have to be right twice. Right? You have to be right to know when to get in and when to get out. And when people get out, they don't know when to get back in. And I remember in 2009, the people that started bailing out of the market and there I am and their, their investment accounts, they're just holding cash. And I'm telling them like, Hey, look, I'm charging you a fee. 
and legally, I, I just feel like that, or ethically, I just feel kind of opposed to us just sitting in cash. I'm not really doing anything for you as if I was really doing anything for, before, but I was like, we gotta, we gotta move. And they're like, I don't feel comfortable. I don't want to do this. My father-in-law being one of them. Right. And when I read Nelson's book, I had a place for his cash. I came to him. I said, here's an idea. Here's a problem we can solve is your daughter has a $750,000 business loan on a dental practice. She just started that we're paying almost $8,000 a month to bank of America. You're sitting here with cash terrified of what to do with it. Why don't, why don't we lend her the money? Why don't we take that $8,000 a month and not send it to bank of America, but send it to you? Does that solve a problem for you? Meaning giving you a guaranteed source of income from a place that you feel confident is going to continue. And the smile on his face had never been bigger compared to the previous year and a half where he had lost a good chunk of his money before he bailed into cash. And I just think, how did, how did I learn about this concept? Well, one, I, I started practicing. I put it in place, like literally for our family, I saw that. We took the cash flow from that loan and immediately bought insurance policies with it. But also I saw the moment and it was solving a problem. It was solving the problem of people sitting in cash. And I think there right now there's people that are getting ready to go into cash and cash is a problem, right? Because we know it's losing purchasing power and maybe ever more today because of gasoline prices continuing to increase, right? Everything that we see around us, inflation is taking over and our dollar sitting in a checking account earning zero is actually losing based upon the CPI about eight to nine percent a year. That's significant. Ernie, what about you? What what problems do you think IBC is solving for different people? The, those and. And I think it's I think the, the thing that I will say so clearly at the risk that one person would, would miss the point is that we're talking about the infinite banking concept. And if you think about the intentionality of why it's called what it is, infinite is a big word, right? And what we're talking about is identifying a cash flow, a reason to get started. And so in a sense, you start practicing the, this could be just heresy. So, you know, cut me off, cut me out. This could be the limited banking concept where you begin. You find one cash flow and you start there and you see how it works and it will expand your mind. And what Nelson Nash would say, anybody, anytime anybody would have just a, a, a learning moment, a light bulb go on, he would say, welcome to the world. Remember? Because these are things that are going on and we just discover what is there. And so inside of his concept, if we find one thing that we can control and start to do it, we'll be better off than if we didn't because success is compared to what our neighbor is doing and our neighbor can't discipline himself to do that. So you will win by default. That's becoming your own banker. So if we start somewhere, just an example of taking over student loans debt, which by the way, was exactly where I got started. These student loans. I'm about to start making these payments. Before I send this money away, I learned that I could capture it in, a, in an insurance contract and then pay off those loans. And that just began for me to where I never wanna pay off those student loans. If I could reduce my payment, I would settle increased interest rate, I don't care. I never wanna pay those things off because it got me to realize and think, expand my world from finite closer to infinite. 
that I could do other things. Debt is a great starting place. We talked about needing a place to store cash to hold it. Mark, you talked about storing cash before you do a deal with it. We talk about all the time, I mean, working right now on, I don't know, close to a dozen kiddos creating insurance contracts on children because we want to create a legacy and set this up for the next generation. We can put cash in insurance contracts for things like college that's being saved for, but we can do it in a better, more permanent, more impactful long-term place. And again, just taking the next step from finite closer to infinite. Uh, I love every bit of that. Well, the last point we had here was the teacher learns more than the student. How do you feel like in this conversation where we're talking about how did I learn about the infinite banking concept? How has the teacher learned more than the student? How does that apply to someone listening, Ern? Well, is the inverse ever true? I think not. Maybe, maybe you are the student. And just like we, in some degree, are still students of infinite banking. Uh, but I know just from our conversations, just in the work inside Wealth Without Wall Street, we're having conversations about infinite banking all the time. But in my general network, I'm having conversations about this with my friends. And the questions that they ask me challenge what I believe to be true. And so now I have to go and wrestle through those things. If I was not out there, quote unquote, teaching this topic, I wouldn't have to think deeper about what I already know and be exposed to the things that I don't know. So just, just by the nature of sharing these things and the general conversation that happens, I continue to learn because I find things that I haven't thought about yet. Mm, I love that. How about for you, Mark? Yeah, you know, absolutely. The, the infinite banking concept itself is infinite. However, there, there's all these other things that can come with it. So for example, Russ, if, if we go back to, you know, how specifically did I learn about the infinite banking concept? Well, I had an idea of this banking type concept thing in 2011, but it really wasn't IBC. And it wasn't until speaking to uh, my uncle, your father-in-law, who knew that I was into investing, knew that I was looking at, you know, alternative sources of, of income and passive income. And he said, Hey, you should really connect with Russ. He's doing some of that same kind of stuff. You guys sound like you would really, you know, connect on this level. And it was through that call that we shared some investment ideas. And then you said, well, Hey, how are you funding these things? You know, is, how's that working? And that really led to my IBC education, which led me to the Wealth of That Wall Street podcast, which led me to, you know, other podcasts, which led me to ATM machines, which led me to other things and led me to fire my boss, get into a passive income mastermind and learn some other new cool things. And then now be on coaching calls with people and helping them find IBC. And then having my clients share with me, uh, whereas I was talking to one uh, Chuck and he does a bunch of rentals. And I said, oh, well, you know, tell me about, you know, your rentals. And he said, well, you know, I have some turnover. And, and so we were kind of exploring that. And he told me that he had some leases with renters that were like 14 months or like 15 months. And I said, oh, really? That's interesting. All my turnkeys are like 24 or 36 month leases. Have you, have you thought of doing a longer one? And he said, oh, absolutely. 
But when he shared with me why he had a random number of a lease, he said, well, if I get a tenant in in January, I don't want their lease expiring in January. I want their lease to expire in like April or May when it's easier to get another renter. The quote teacher becomes the student. We're always learning. There's always fascinating ideas out there and they may not necessarily be tied to IBC, but there's going to be a link and there's going to be a conversation point and these are going to lead to how we really learn and grow. And so if you're not a part of a community of people that are sharing different and alternative ideas, if you're not in our inner circle, get in there. This is an opportunity for you to connect with these types of people who are doing different things because you know what? It, Short-term rentals may not be for you, but maybe it's the short-term rental lens, the entrepreneur who can help you solve your problem in long-term rentals, help you see some other ideas. And so surround yourself with community, get in there. If you haven't already checked it out, you know, you can go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com. Uh, is it forward slash community? Yep. Get that part wrong. Forward slash community. Check it out. We do have an inner circle. There is a seven day free trial. If you want to check that out, get in there, see what it's all about surround yourself with these kinds of people because this is how you're going to really push the ball forward for you. Well, I love that. And I think that we, we learn when we are forced to answer questions that maybe we don't know the answer to already. Right. I mean, we, our parents did that to us. I do that to my kids. They ask questions, you know, and I, I, I point them to having to go find out the answer. And there's some things that maybe I want to help them avoid having to learn the hard way, right? <laughs> but there's a lot of things that we have to learn. And the way that we learn is by starting to teach others. And I know Joey and I have been on the front edge of some of these things. Like, how, how do you share a passive income report with the world, right? Like, we had never done that. It wasn't like we were experts in the passive income space when we first started publishing that. But we wanted to become experts. We wanted that to be the thing that would grow for us. We have a mentor that says what you what you track grows, but what you track and report on grows exponentially. Well, think about when we're learning, if we start teaching, we start talking about stuff. And then, as you said, we start getting challenging questions. It, now, don't make up the answers. Go, you know what? This is a great question. Let me go find out the answer. And I remember just in our conversations, Mark, when you were still flying airplanes and you were just doing infinite banking as a consumer, you would you would start reading through the pages in these insurance policies and would say, Russ, let me ask you a question about this. And I'd be like, that is a great question. I've never read that page, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but understanding you know, that going back and finding that information, as you said, it when it solidified knowledge for me, it helped me feel more confident in what I was doing personally, right? Because I'm, I, I'm a practitioner of this, right? I, I'm a, I, I was the first person that that bought an insurance policy, and we we've been doing it ever since, right? My first insurance policy was was back in 2009. Um, it was actually on my wife, and then 2010, uh, just a few months later, January 2010, bought the first one on me. And we've got 20 something since I had to, I had to learn it for myself by being the person front and center talking about it, sharing it. And it's the same thing with our short-term rental world, right? We created a short-term rental mastermind to start teaching what we were learning and it forced us to do it what better. When we created the passport pathfinder uh, challenge, it was built upon us having to be more efficient in our model of teaching people a process to go through. 
it forced us to have to learn. And well, how does this apply to you as you're listening to this podcast? Because you're like, I just want to be financially free. I just want to be able to have more time with my family. I want to quit having to work 60 and 70 hour weeks. I want to quit feeling like that my time is not mine. Well, how are you teaching others what you're learning? And by forcing yourself to teach, it's going to force you to probably implement. And I think that that's the point for me within this is that the teacher, while implementing, becomes the greatest learner. They learn way more than the student. Because most times students are just gathering information. They're not actually in the implementation phase. So if you're teaching and implementing, now you really have something to work off of. This has been, to me, like one of those conversations. It's just another angle for it to look at many different ways that we become financially free. We, we talk about it all the time. The infinite banking concept is that foundational tool for us. It's the thing that we use as the platform or the springboard, however you want to say that, to be able to get our money at work, to get the um, income producing assets, creating cash flow that's greater than our monthly expenses. I hope that this helps you learn. Mark, I'm going to let you have the final word and then I'll come to you, Earn. Final word for me is if you're listening to this podcast, if you're already doing the infinite banking concept, you've already found something that's working fantastic for you. Think about how you learned about it, how you came into it. And it probably wasn't someone coming up to you on the street and evangelizing you on the spot saying, let me tell you about the greatest thing ever, a way to save cash, uh, grow it, and then be able to use it for something else. You, you probably didn't have it happen that way. It was probably more of an organic conversation where you're just conversing with someone and just talking about life. And through that, we share what's working for each other. And so if that's what worked for you, I would, I would challenge you that as, as you want to share this and you want to help other people find the infinite banking concept, just remember, everyone has problems. It's just a matter of finding out, is this a solution that they're ready for? And so just, just be gracious and cautious as you're sharing, but don't, don't be so afraid to not share it because let's face it, sharing is caring and we don't want to play the game of I have a secret because if this could really help somebody, why would we ever want to hold that back from them? So good. How about for you, Aaron? Thanks. If you are the person who learned about infinite banking because somebody came up to you and started evangelizing you, then, then you probably know Mike Everett. Um, but if, if you're like anything else, there's a principle that, that I love, uh, sort of a biblical principle, which is if, if, he can give, if he can get it through you, he'll give it to you, which sort of tells us that we are conduits of information entrusted with this for a reason to be shared, uh, which is so not conventional financial wisdom, right? Which unfortunately is just wrong. Is, is wrong wisdom. So what I think is, if we have this, we've been entrusted with a certain amount of learning, which is to be shared. And yes, we absolutely need to be sharing this in our families, but also inside of our inner circle, inside of our passive income mastermind is an opportunity, not just to be learning, but also to be giving. Because Mark, just like you shared with Chuck, reciprocating something to you that's been extremely helpful. If it's, if it's one-to-one, how much better is it when it's many-to-many? 
the ideas that can be shared, the learning curves that can be shortened, the greater impact that can be created. And that's the opportunity of our inner circle and our passive income mastermind. So if you have this and you're not in a community sharing ideas, giving what you've gained, then I would call you into that. You, you've been entrusted with this for a reason. If it's come to you, the purpose has been to get it through you. And that's, that is, in our view, the best place where that's happening. I love that. I was sitting on the back of the bus on the way to our little event after one of the nights at the Passive Income Mastermind with the guy that's been doing infinite banking for, for quite a while and at, at a pretty high level. And we were just discussing different different ways to use it and implement it. And usually I don't I don't share numbers when it comes to that kind of stuff. We share our passive income numbers all the time, but I don't share how much money I'm putting into our insurance policies. I don't share how much cash value I have in my insurance policies because I don't want to one offend if my number is much greater, nor do I want to look stupid if I, my number is a tenth of what theirs is. And I've been on both sides of those equations before. But just because I know this guy and I felt confident and comfortable around him, I just shared my numbers and and he he looked at me and said, "Wow, I I'm doing this at a much smaller level than you are. I have not considered what you just shared. I've not thought of the fact that this could provide this many opportunities for me." And he was just really grateful that I had shared that with him because he he had, he thought he was doing well and it was doing well, but for him he was like, we, we need to you know who in your team can can sit down with me and and walk me through this process because I I need to amp this up significantly because I I'm starting now to see where I have gaps in what I thought was a, a foolproof strategy. So I think to the point of sharing is caring, right? And being willing to open up with the right people, not with everybody, but being able to, you know, share what you're doing sometimes, it, it helps other people see examples. I'm very visual. I need somebody to give examples to me, help me understand, show me what you're talking about. And if I can visualize it, then I can potentially take action on it. And maybe that's what you need to do with people it is, as Ernie said, getting it through you to them. Well, hopefully, I hope you found value in this. We didn't have JD and Joey on the call today. Didn't have somebody to pick fun of. So we picked one of our other buddies um, out there to do that. And uh, he knows that's in love. I'm going to call him and let him know, hey, by the way, you made it on the Wealth Wealth Wall Street podcast today. <laughs> but uh, I, I really appreciate you listening to this. Uh, if you um, found value, take time to rate and review the show. Share it with somebody else so they can find value as well. Have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.